road trip has begun for the Phoenix Suns. They're on the first game of a four-game road trip and stops off in Philly, the city of brotherly love. And they leave only scoring 88 points and losing 100 to 88 to those Philadelphia 76ers, Matthew. Yeah, not the way you wanted to start, right? Not not the way you wanted this road trip to go, but no, no. Weird. Definitely. Yeah. Especially in Philly, where we kind of own them, I feel like. But yes, it's been tonight. a while. I think I think it's been a couple of years since the Suns actually lost to the 76ers. So when you see this one on the schedule, as you look at the upcoming game for the Phoenix Suns and the upcoming road trip, you're like, okay, this one, let's lock this in as a win. Okay, this is a four and six team. They're struggling. They're without Harden. They've been without Embiid. He looked gassed in this game at multiple times. But the Phoenix Suns, for some reason, just couldn't put it all together. They couldn't shoot, uh, ultimately shooting, what, 44% from the field uh, and 33% from beyond the arc. But uh, turnovers, lack of rebounding, lack of stopping some guy with the last name Nyang uh, really hurt the team, and, and they lose. It was an ugly game, ugly game. Yeah, when you're relying on campaign and Lee to really be the guys to help book, close the game out, or get back into the game, that's not very good. I mean, those are your bench guys. I know Payne's starting now, and now here come the injuries because we Chris Paul left too. Yep. Um. So, I mean, if you're relying on those guys to help book, you're in some trouble. I mean, they can get only so hot and help book as much as they can. There's some other guys in the starting lineup that should have stepped up tonight. Yeah, there's a finite amount of ability that both of those guys had, as you mentioned, Cameron Payne and Damian Lee. And if they're the guys who are taking the shots, not Mikael Bridges, not DeAndre Ayton, uh, although he got – dinged up a little bit as well in this game, you know, you're going to run into some issues. And and that's what we saw tonight. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name's John, a.k.a. Darth Voida on Twitter. His name is Matthew Lissy, a.k.a. Oh, Matthew Lissy. On Twitter. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs <clears> up <throat> button. If, you, uh, if you're listening, just give every, fist pound somebody that you're walking next to. Randomly, I hope you're walking through Target right now and you're listening to this podcast as you're seeking out simply a pair of underwear, knowing that you're going to probably leave with an air fryer because that's the way it goes when you're at Target. You just randomly buy shit that you don't need. And a lot of good eye contact there, too. So a lot of people. Yes. Yes. Go into Target and just make eye contact with everybody. Make them all (laughs) uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable walking in there. And you know what? It was kind of make make them feel as uncomfortable as it was watching this game <laughs> at points tonight. So uh, plenty to talk about on this podcast, Matthew. I assume you're popping open a corn-free beer. Not tonight, man. Just water. Well, I've got this delicious, I think it's a, a tit liquor IPA. Uh, tastes like a goat's nipple. So uh, 6% ABV. <laughs> Crack them if you got them, Suns fans. Ooh, tit licking. And uh, let's talk about this this uh, this game. Phoenix Suns lose. Uh, they are now seven and three on the season through their first 10 games. So a 700% winning clip, a 70% winning clip, uh, not too shabby, but still. Matthew, I got to ask. 
Matthew, I got to ask. Uh, Chris Paul went down in this game with, I think, a, a right heel issue. Are the Suns falling apart? <laughs> you know, they always talk about the window for teams with, to win a championship. And it doesn't always have to do with all the talent because there's always the other thing with the injuries. And that never really was a big thing for the Suns. I mean, in the playoffs, Chris Paul got hurt and all that, but they managed to stay healthy. I mean, you can see it right now how things are kind of falling apart. We don't know for sure unless the Jamsters see anything. Chris Paul looked like a heel injury. He was mm-hmm. he came out of the game, and there was a play before that where he like used all his energy to get back a steal that he turned the ball over. Yeah, like damn, dude. And then I was I was writing my notes. I'm like, who? That's like all his energy to get that ball back, and then all of a sudden he's out of the game. I'm like, oh shit, that sucks. Um, you know what? I mean, if they can inject that heel with some meat, it'd probably help out a little bit. I'm sure he needs that. Um, but this Suns team right now, when these things keep happening, it's it's mentally how are they going to handle this, right? Because Cam Johnson's gone, and if 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 CP3 is out weeks or maybe a month, how are they going to handle that? You know, you have all the trade talks. There's just a lot going on right now, mm-hmm. and I'm not really worried about the record. I think EJ put it best. Yes. Where he's just like he's just like you know what the Suns had their fun. It's just making the playoffs. That's what they need to do, and I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about how we're going to look in the playoffs, but also like how are we going to handle this season and will we go on losing streaks and stuff? But one game down right now, they're usually good at responding. So we'll see next game how they respond. Yeah. It, the thing for me, and, and you're right, it's all about the playoffs and it's all about how healthy this team can be entering the playoffs. But that being said, there are some glaring weaknesses that this team has and injuries are going to start to expose them over the next month. Because I think that, I think that James Jones is honestly waiting for the December 15th date to hit, because that's when a lot of players become available uh, on the trade block, right? Anybody who was traded over the summer, I think it's the rules. Like they have to be with their team for like a hundred days. That hundred days is December 15th. And it's like he's just trying to get there so he can start to for, start to fortify aspects of this roster, but guys are dropping like flies now. Uh, obviously, Cameron Johnson. I wasn't on the last podcast. Shout out to Suns Geek for for covering with you, Matthew. Great job in my absence. Uh, but Cameron Johnson. I mean, who knows when he's going to be back? A meniscus injury. We saw that with Kelly Oubre prior to the bubble. It's typically like a four month injury, and then Kelly Oubre yeah. took the bubble off in an effort to try to maximize his value going into that off season. But I mean, we're going to be four months without Cameron Johnson at the very minimum, a heel issue for Chris Paul is a challenge. We don't know what the severity it is. We don't know if he was pulled uh, as, you know, for precautionary reasons in this game, he only played 13 minutes and 45 seconds. One of one from the field. He had two points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals and two turnovers. There's just deuces all over the board for Chris Paul, <laughs> but we don't know how long, this potentially could keep him out because, you know, why, why rush him back? The guy's 37. You got Cameron Payne. You got a bunch of guards that you picked up in the offseason. But the question becomes, are those guards, do they have the ability to actually assist and carry that team in that second team unit, which was a question mark already coming into the season, man? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing we were looking forward to like looking forward to the playoffs was like, who can carry this team and who do we, who do we go by? You know, you know, you always say the wings, well, one of them's out. One of them's clipped. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is always DA. This team goes by DA. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so when when you have an injury to Paul and you're trying to fill that void of like the assist, it's not going to happen. So you had to look for Mikhail Bridges and you had to look for DA to step up in other ways. And it'll really show what they have going forward um, offensively. I mean, defensively, I feel like they do a pretty good job. But offensively, how can they help book? Because that's the biggest yes. thing. And you know it's going to be a point book thing. I think Cameron Payne and him did pretty well tonight. I'm sure Payne will start. And it'll, it'll look like it did tonight where they kind of switch on and off, which is fine. But Payne, I mean, if he's hot, it's awesome. But these other guys... They have to they have to look big on the court. They can't have Cameron Payne and Lee like tonight take over in a way where you're relying on them to hit corner threes or just random yeah. long ass threes. Like these guys, Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre, they have to av- overshadow these guys offensively. You have to just come come away from the game and be like, wow, that's that's the three best players on the team: Booker, Aiton, and Mikhail. In order to get through this, if Chris Paul's gone for a while. Yeah, and again, you know, who becomes our big three? Because before it's supposed to be CP3, D-Book, and DeAndre Ayton. Now you lose CP3. And DeAndre Ayton, you know, again, he he tweaked his, it looked like his left ankle. He came back in the game, and he really didn't look nearly as effective. Uh, I mean. No. Watch. It's funny for those of you who watch the podcast, you can see what that drop looks like. If you're listening, go to the YouTube page, check it out. But it's the first play is DA just fumbling the ball away and falling on the ground. The second play is him like dunking over Giannis, and it kind of shows you the two sides of DA. And this game was definitely winnable, and I think that that's what makes this a little bit frustrating. You know, the Suns got it down to three points, uh, and DA was was in the game, and you know, I mean, he he got boxed out by D'Anthony Melton on a play, and he missed a two easy layups and you're sitting there and you go, listen, if, if we can't get anything close to PA with the absence of Chris Paul, with the absence of Cameron Johnson, like those are two guys who contribute a substantial amount of points to this team. DA has to step up more than anybody now. And he, he's, he's somebody who kind of shies away from those moments, good, bad, or indifferent. And taking a look at the way that he performed tonight, you know, looking, uh, you know, the, the first thing about DA, if, well, I'll start here. Kellen Olsen put out a very interesting tweet during the game. He says, very eye test observation here, but it feels like the Suns have been better this year at converting eight and pick and rolls into eight and post touches. Swing pass is there's more consistently more consistency to open up the angle if the initial look isn't. And that's something that I noticed early and, I, and, and I've seen early this season is, yeah, they're, they're actually getting him the ball. So I like that. And, and that, that's obviously what you need from DA. But the issue that we're having with DA this season is he's his own worst enemy. He's easily averaging the most amount of fouls per game that he has his entire career. He's averaging 3.9 fouls per game. His previous high was 2.9. That was his second year in the the league. This is his fifth. So he's getting in his own way from a foul standpoint to where he's not going to get the minutes, a.k.a. he's not going to get the touches, a.k.a. he can't help support this team. Yeah, I'm glad you put I when you tweeted something out, I'm like, I hope he has a stat because I know you looked it up, but you know, averaging that that, that many fouls, it's kind of like where where are you at in your career? You should understand right now how to stay out of foul trouble when your team's in need. Like just you got to be smart. And you can look at the rest, they can be dumb fouls. If if you want to say they're dumb fouls, it's fine. But I mean, it just it can't be that way. This guy needs to understand where he needs to be on the court, that he needs to be on the court basically yes. to help his team. And like just in the first half, I mean, it's usually like he's had these games this year where he gets off to hot starts, eight points, 
he had six points like earlier on, but he was like two for three in the first half. And that's the thing is like, this is the biggest thing this season is to see how he can handle the ball and what he can do with the ball to where it's threatening to other teams. Cause right now it's like, if book can't get anything going, it's like, who else you look for offensively? Cause Mikhail shies away too, mm-hmm. but Aiden, Aiden should be that guy by now. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, we have these games where it's like fantastic game by Aiden, just great game. But then it's like, it should always be that way. Like, Booker never has a bad game, really. Even if he does, it's like he is doing everything else on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't come away from these games and just be like, because the first thing I think of is like, God, could we just hurry up and trade this guy? Like, I seriously think that so much still. And I shouldn't want to, I shouldn't have to think that with this guy. But that's just, that's just how it's going. And the way it looks on the court, I just feel like he's not threatening to the other team to where it's going to make a difference. And, I don't, I don't know. Just the that little play he had around the rim where he like did this little fake around Embiid, and like he had this little jump hook and he missed it. Yeah. It's like those plays. It's like go up tough and try to dunk it. But Bingo. I'm just, I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of saying that. It's been but, ten years. I know. And we're still saying the same shit. <laughs> I know. You know? <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is, years. you know, because because we talk about that, you know, and, and the argument is always. Well, two points is two points. So if you're dunking it, if you're laying it up, or if you're hitting a midi, like it's all two points. But the difference is, is when you're taking it up with aggression, you're getting to the foul line. He shot two free throws tonight, man. Joel Embiid shot 16. Devin yeah. Booker shot 14. So there's a difference in mentality that that DeAndre Ayton just doesn't possess that can help assist Devin Booker. And, and, the, and the reason we're talking about this, Suns fans, there's not necessarily based on tonight's performance. I'm not overly upset with how the Suns played tonight. They were hampered. They were on the road. Philly, good, bad, or indifferent. Philly's a team that I think is going to end up being really good this year. Um, little Ewing theory in there. No James Harden. All of a sudden, you know, they, they can win a game, you know. But what, what's frustrating is if CP3 is injured, and we know that, that Cameron Johnson's injured, like, as Suns fans, I'm personally in this, this micro panic mode early in the season, right? Because, again, you're right. It doesn't matter until we hit the playoffs and we got to be healthy going into the playoffs, but we got to get there and, and you want to have some good seating and you want to see some things that the Phoenix Suns can build upon. What lies before the Phoenix Suns and the, and the members of their team right now is opportunity. Mikhail Bridges has an enormous amount of opportunity on his plate. DeAndre Ayton has an enormous amount of opportunity, yet he continues to kind of be this finesse guy who's trying to go around players. You know, he's a, he's a six foot 11 guy trying to go around players. Motherfucker, go through them, go through them, Draw the foul, learn how to finish hard at the rim to where you can convert those into and one. You had a master class on the other side of the ball tonight in Joel Embiid. Now, don't get me wrong. Are all the fouls that Joel Embiid is drawing actually fouls? No, he's like, he's literally like a fullback who's running into the lane, throwing his shoulder down and running through people, and then it's a foul on them. But DA doesn't even try that. No, but he, but Embiid knows how to play the game. It's it's not about whether or not it's a foul or not. It's not about that anymore. It's what about to do. Learn how drawing to contact. Game. Yeah, exactly. It's about, but this is the thing though. Where this is is this his fifth year? Why can I not remember? Is this his fourth year, fifth it's year, fourth year, year, fifth year, fifth year? So we just can't have this anymore. And it's almost one of those things where it's like I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I because this is who he is, and we should have listened to James Jones three years ago when he said that. Like this is who DA is. But we can't. Ex- we keep expecting more. But then he has good games. But that's that's the thing, though. Like he has good games. But then when he's in need, like when we need him to step up in place of somebody, then it's impossible. It seems like. But he'll have great games. He'll step up against good teams. But he has a good surrounding around him. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about if guys are out injured, he has to step up in those minutes and be even better. Like that's another step he has to take. So we'll see how it goes. But it's funny you said the James Harden thing. It kind of reminds me of like the, the Zeke and Pollard things. So Zeke's out and the whole offense is just great, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like with James Harden now, that offense is just more explosive. I know they had moments where like they couldn't get a shot to go and you know they kind of rely on and beat a lot and that's fine, but they're just more explosive. They can really take the lead and they're not boring to watch because yeah, I'm sick of Harden too. I mean, I've always liked Harden. Oh yeah. But I'm, now it's like when he's older, it's like, dude, what's he? He's gonna slow this team down even more. So I kind of like that he's not in there. I it shouldn't be. He shouldn't even be on the team. <laughs> it seems like. Yeah, but Daryl Morey has this love affair for James Harden, and he's slowly trying to make the Philadelphia 76ers into like the 2017 Rockets, right? He's like, hey, PJ Tucker, come on over. Yeah, you know, remember, remember us? Yeah, you can hang out in the corner just like you did for all those years with the Rockets. So it'll be yeah. interesting. Obviously, James Harden's going to be out with a month because he has a foot issue, you know, and, and that's where it's the question becomes with Chris Paul is, you know, what exactly does this, this, uh, this injury entail. How long is he going to be out? The point it hasn't necessarily been the most stellar Chris Paul season uh, relative to stats, right? You know, you take a look at how he's played thus far. He's uh, 10.3 points per game, the lowest in his career. He's leading the league in assists, though, with 10.2. Uh, but he's shooting 36% from beyond the arc, 27, or I'm sorry, 36 from the field, 27.3 from beyond the arc, and 88% from the free throw line. But still, losing your primary playmakers is it's going to be absolutely huge uh, if this is a prolonged injury. You know, obviously, we're going to kind of keep our eyes out uh, as we're doing this podcast. I, I typically like to follow like Dwayne Rankin. I think, you know, he's a his son's beat writer, does a great job. Him and Kellen Olsen are absolutely fantastic at kind of putting the information out there as we're live post game potting, if you will. So, you know, hopefully there's some information about what happens, but if we are without Chris Paul moving forward and Cameron Payne becomes your primary point guard, the question I got for you, Matthew, knowing that Cameron Johnson is already out is does James Jones start to test the market? Does James Jones actually bring somebody in to try to provide some more offense for this team? Yeah, I think he's looking at it right now. Now, who it is, I don't know. Um, I was um, there was something released this morning, just like a quick like, hey, what should what should we do? Like with Cameron Johnson being out, should we make a big trade? Should we wait for Cameron Johnson to come back? Mm-hmm. But now it's like you got to kind of do something. So people were throwing out like Kuzma if he's available, which would be awesome. But I don't know if we can get that kind of guy. Um, marketing, I I've mentioned marketing before the season started. Marketing has started off pretty hot. Um, that's a guy too, but. Do I don't you know think, who you can... Do you think that the the Utah Jazz are kind of in a spot where they're like, hey, we know that we're in blow it up mode. Okay. So we're trying to garner as many assets as possible. But Laurie Markin is somebody that we'd like to build around moving forward. Do you think that he's somebody who could potentially be available or are they exploring everything? Um, so that team is what seven and three now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it, it's kind of weird. That's kind of took a turn. It's, you didn't expect that at all. Um, but Ned Bull, Ned Bull says uh, Carmelo Anthony question mark, which is it's kind of funny if he can come off the bench and hit the threes, like he can get hot still. That's cool. I think he'd be fitting really well with this team chemistry wise. It would actually be kind of cool. Zona did Zona Sports did point that out before, and then No Dunks yes. talked about it today. Yes. So then that was interesting. That's something that's. That's really interesting. So 
you need kind of like leadership to come in. I don't think you can just have a guy come in and if he's explosive, that's fine. But it's just like the leadership on the court's going to be missing too with Chris Paul being gone. Like remember when Chris Paul went out last year and DA didn't rebound like two games in a row. Like yeah. he, was, he had like two rebounds because Chris, Chris Paul wasn't there to hold him accountable. So mm-hmm. that's going to be the biggest thing missing is the accountability on, on DeAndre Ayton. That's what CP three does on the court. So um, I don't know, man, like who do you think? I mean, who who is there? Is there well, someone? There were three names. Of? There were three names uh, that Zona Hoops. So uh, if you don't follow underscore Zona Hoops, please do. Rights for Bright Side of the Sun is part of the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. Uh, but he put out three names, and you hit on two of them. The first one is Kuzma. You know, you, you take a look at Kyle Kuzma thus far this year. Uh, obviously, he's playing in Washington. Washington's in one of those potentially kind of blowed up <laughs> mode. I mean. The, yeah. He's he's a player who's been playing well enough to where they're like, hey, listen, Kuzma, Kyle, Kuz, Kuz, buddy. Um, can we can we talk to you? Come over, come over to the sideline real quick. He's like, What's up? He's like, Hey, I'm six foot nine, power forward, small forward. He's averaging 16.9 points per game. Okay. He's hitting, you know, 33% of his threes, but he's playing pretty well for a a uh, Washington Wizards team that you know might want to get into that uh, Victor Wabanyamba. The, the the Wemby, whatever, Wemby, the mm-hmm. Wemby sweet six. You know, they're four and six, but they're like, hey, cool it, Kuz, cool it. Uh, when it comes to scoring on the team, obviously you have uh, Bradley Beal, you got Christoph Porzingis, and then you got Kuz. You take a look at his contract. He is a he's, he's $13 million a year, and he has a player option next year. He is the ideal trade candidate for the Phoenix Suns, in my opinion, Kyle Kuzma. I think he'd be a perfect fit in what we need. A scoring four, right? We just lost our scoring four. If Chris Paul's out for any prolonged period of time, we do have a stable of guards. They might not be great guards, but you have Cameron Payne who could start. Then you got Damian Lee behind that. You got Landry Shamit potentially. You got Josh Akogi. You've got Dwayne Washington Jr. I mean, you got like, at least you got names. Behind Kyle Kuzma, I mean, Matthew, I had to say this out loud today. Torrey Craig is our starting power forward. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. It's like not brushing your teeth for like three days. That's what it feels like. like, "Ah." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that's a thing, it's honestly like tonight I was thinking, I'm like, if he was, how bad is it going to be if he's actually starting for, for until Cameron Johnson comes back or something? We don't, it's bad. It's bad because we would have to rely so much on DA offense. That's the thing is like, if DA was what we want him to be, which, you know, we've talked about so many times, we wouldn't have to worry about that. We wouldn't, I think, what Tory Craig's been doing is decent. It's fine. You can't have like an all-star at every position, right? Like the Suns are missing their one guy that is a starter, a new starter in Cameron Johnson that was going to come in and maybe be an all-star that we wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out, but we have everybody else. Chris Paul now is out, but we don't know. But it's not like we have to have someone that's great at every position, which Tory Craig is like a perfect guy if you want to put in there, if you have a dominant DA next to him. But that's not going to happen. You're not going to have that. So I don't know, man. I, I think that but Kyle Kuzma does make sense. But what you need is you need production from every position, right? I don't need somebody to be great. But Torrey Craig tonight, 22 minutes, one of six from the field, one of four from beyond the arc, three points, one rebound. Like that's our starting power mm-hmm. forward tonight. Torrey Craig, he's just a, he's a journeyman bench player. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a fan of Torrey Craig and the way that he supported this bench thus far this season. But he's not a starting four. So Kuzma is somebody who, if, if James Jones wants to make a trade with the team and, you know, g- give up Torrey Craig, give up Jay Crowder. I don't care. Send Jay Crowder to fucking Washington. Like, there you go, bud. You know, all that. Uh, I, I, I need to be a starter. Here you go. Go start for the Wizards, man. Good luck there. Uh, another name, you know, obviously Carmelo Anthony, you mentioned that. Uh, 
Carmelo Anthony is somebody who I'd like to see the Phoenix Suns take a shot at. I really do. He he he's an offensive player. Does he have the ability to start in the NBA anymore? Probably not. Uh, he's a turnstile on defense, you know. But Tory Craig kind of is too. So at least give me a guy who can hit a three every now and then. Uh, and then the last one that Zona Hoops said, and I like this one, and it'd be interesting to see if this would actually occur, is Harrison Barnes. Harrison <laughs> Barnes, obviously, for some reason, has like been with the Kings for how many seasons now? He's on his 20, fifth, 20 seasons, he's on right? his six, he's on his sixth season. I think it's his sixth season with the with them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's just forever. Like they they haven't traded him. He's an asset who's been highly tradable for a long, long time. They haven't traded him. He's currently on the last year of his four-year $85 million deal, with, which at the time was you know kind of outrageous because he started off making 24 mil a year, but he's down to 18.3 million. That's what he'll make this year. So if you can swing a trade, you know, you do a, a Jay Crowder plus Dario Sarch or a Jay Crowder plus Landry Shamit, please. Uh, you can get Harrison Barnes. He's averaging 11.1 points per game. Uh, he's having a really rough year from beyond the arc thus far. He's 18.5% from beyond the arc. So that might be the spice that is ever so nice that the Sacramento Kings are like, you know what? I think you're kind of done. Let's try to get a couple assets from you or, or for you. And, and potentially, again, somebody who has the talent to take over that four, knowing that Cameron Johnson is going to be long uh, gone for a long time. And even when he comes back, he's going to have to work himself into shape. And he's going to be bench Cam Johnson again. So, again, the, the Suns have to start thinking down these avenues. James Jones has to start thinking down these avenues. And he might start to think down these avenues come the, the 15th of December. That's over a month away. And who knows where the Phoenix Suns are going to be in a month? Is it going to be too little too late? Or is it, or is he going to be proactive in trying to get this team ready and, and bolster this roster? Oh, something has to happen because I don't think the Suns fans will be happy with what's going on right now. And like we expect championship and we know where we're at right now. This team is just not it's we're not seven good. And, we're seven and three, we're bitching. I know that, but we're, still like we're seven and three, but no, but even when even after last game when we won that, I was saying I'm like, this team is still not it. This is not the team that's gonna win a championship. It's just mm-hmm. it's not. And James Jones, I think, knows that. I just I'm gonna be so surprised to see what the hell happens because something's gonna have to happen, and whether or not Harrison Barnes, I don't know. I it'd be cool because he can hit big shots. He can come in and he can get hot from three. I know he's like usually he's like right below forty percent usually mm-hmm. during regular mm-hmm. season, and it's early, so who knows? And he's only what thirty, so that's yeah. not a big deal. So only twenty million. I don't think that's a bad. I thought he was making more, way more than that. That's why I never thought about him. Well, it's because his it, contract used to be like something that was just like, whoa, they're paying him what? Yeah, and now it's but kind now of- it's. Yeah, back in 1989 when he got paid, I'm like, holy crap, dude, the Kings. I swear he's been on that team for forever. But the Suns, the Suns just need something, a spark. You know, every team gets kind of bored once in a while, right, if you keep winning. And the Suns, of course, the way they went out last season, it's like the way that they're going to look at themselves going to the playoffs, they know they need a jolt of something. I, as players, you can only be as good as you are. And I think these players right now, what we're seeing is as good as they're going to be this whole season. I'm I'm not thinking that I mean Mikhail's gonna be the guy that's gonna be like one every four games and to come out be hot. Mm-hmm. Cameron Johnson could have probably been a guy that came out every second game and got hot. Uh, Da, who knows? He's gonna have good games and then he's gonna let you down where it's gonna cost us a game. So I just think that's what we are now, and we can't rely on Book, who is absolutely phenomenal, but he's gonna need some help. So they have to make a big move, and it's gonna probably cost some names that we like, but. That, but the, but as long KD as it doesn't happen, as long as it doesn't cost us names that we love, and yeah, there is that whole Katie situation kind of still out there. Who knows? But Cameron Johnson's now hurt. That really hurts the Katie situation, in my humble opinion. It really does. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You but know? The, the thing is, though, I feel like 
shouldn't they have, if the trade was there? Because Charles Barkley talked about it. He heard that the Suns were offering, um, it wasn't Devin Booker or Chris Paul. So he's like, why the hell did you not like, do, do it. it yesterday? He's like, yeah, you should have done it yesterday or whatever, which is totally true. So it's like either Johnson or McHale, they didn't want to trade one of those two, which is kind of, you know what? We love those guys. And now that one's hurt, of course, we're going to say, oh, you should have made the trade. But for Kevin Durant, you'll never have a Kevin Durant ever again. You'll never have the opportunity. We could have said like, oh, what about injury? What if it doesn't work out and Katie gets hurt? But you just see what he's doing over there without Kyrie and stuff. Like he can win games by himself. Yeah, imagine having, having that supporting cast is around insane. You. Like so, but we'll talk about it all year long until the trade of down passes. But so someone's got to do something. Of those three that I mentioned, who would you like to see on the Phoenix Suns? Kyle Kuzma, Harrison Barnes, or Carmelo Anthony? So I I've always liked Kuz. I've always thought he's awesome, and he kind of reminds me of a Cameron Johnson in a way. He just does. Shooting wise, he has like the same height, same build. I just think he's a guy that can get hot and he's a guy that can help us out offensively at times when it's really in desperate need. He's a starter in the league. I think it would be a perfect fit. If we're going to go Carmelo, I think that'd be a fun thing. I think it'd be just fun to have Carmelo on the team. It'd be a name. It'd be a guy to come out and be like, oh, Carmelo, he'd fit really well with the team. And then uh, who's the other guy? Was there another option? Mark is Barnes. another guy too. Harrison Barnes. Those are all qualities, just what we're going to give up. If it's only going to be Jay Crowder and something little, then maybe a second round pick or whatever, that's fine. But just don't give up too much for those dudes. Except for Kyle Kuzma might be a guy you can give up Shamit and Jay or something. I don't know. You just Jay would work though. I think just Jay would just, work is on it that just contract. Jay? Yeah, okay. he doesn't make that much. Uh Men Ken Kenny in the in the chat says Kevin only option. He only wants Kevin Durant. He says none of the above. And shout out to Men Ken Kenny. Yeah, I was watching sure. Fox Fox uh, Sports Show last night. I saw your tweet get pulled up there by Richard Signs. That was dope, man. I was like, hey, I know that guy. He's in my. He always watches the <laughs> Suns Jam Session podcast. Yeah. So because he's uh, watching the game tonight, and we're just thinking when the Suns are going to lose games, we're going to always think about Kevin Durant. That's just the way we're going to think. Always, always. If I could choose, if I had to choose between those three. Uh, I think I'd go with Kuz. I think that he lines up with our timeline, you know, play option next year, get him in here. He's somebody who could potentially, you know, give us big minutes. And I'm with you. I'm, I've always been a fan of Kuz. I just think that he kind of got a raw deal in LA as a lot of players did because LeBron James comes in there like a wrecking ball. Uh, did you, did you see the whole LeBron uh, talking how he told everyone the Migos were coming up next? Like, yeah. I remember being on the heat yeah. in 2010, man, the Migos are coming up next. Like they didn't release their first mixtape until like a year and a half later. Fucking LeBron, dude. You lying sack of shit. You know what? I was driving, go to get Starbucks this morning, my break. And I just think about LeBron. It was not even that tweet. But I just think about him now, and I've always loved watching him. But this year, and at the end of last year, I'm just like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of, and I love this little shit talk we can do of LeBron really quick. But like, I'm just sick of the fakeness. I just am. Like, if you don't see him walking around the court doing whatever he's doing, the way he talks, the way he's like... Like it's so fucking fake. I cannot stand I know. it, man. I know. He like we said it in the bubble. Like he always knew where the cameras were at, right? So yeah. he always knew when to like I'm gonna be loud and competitive because I know there's a camera watching me right now. And you can't blame him. He's a victim <laughs> of circumstance. Yada yada yada. Yeah. yeah uh, shout out to Blaze Megatron in the the chat and the super chat. Drop ten dollars and is an elite jamster. So if you want to be an elite jamster, please go to our YouTube page, click the join button. You can get some exclusive content, and if you're watching along live on YouTube, you can drop us a little money there in the uh, in the super chat. They're like Blaze Megatron did ten bucks. We can use that towards Powerball tickets. So if we all if we win that one point nine billion dollars, 
uh, we'll still do the pod. I promise you that. It'll just be coming to you live from Tahiti. Uh, Blaze Megatron says, if DA wants to be, in quotations, finesse, do we consider playing him at the four and with maybe Landell at the five while Cam is injured? He's not Duncan, I know, but can Monty run some old Spurs throwback plays? Interesting question. Interesting point of it's view. Good question. Matthew, your thoughts? Um, You know, if DA wasn't, if he knew what the hell to do on the court at all times, and yeah, I mean, that would make sense because I feel like he can really fill that role because he's always wanted to be a power forward. But I agree. I just feel like he has these games where a lot of his plays that he's throwing out there offensively, any kind of move he has, it's kind of like, oh, look at this. Like, look what I look what I can do now. And then if he if he makes a shot or something, like he's always like, oh, I hope Monty's happy for me. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's never just strictly business for him down there no. offensively. It's never just if you're unstoppable offensively, what do they have, like three or four moves maybe, if that? But they have to be dominant. And I feel like DA has a few, but sometimes still like he just gets so lost and stuff. So I don't know. It just seems like it'd be so cluttered. And then we have to go through those games where like, oh, DA should be at the five again. It'd just be a big mess more than it is kind of right now. Um, Blaze follows up his question. says, in regards to my question, not for vast stretches, but for some minutes. I completely agree. I don't think that Landell's the answer. I think that you can run him out there with busy, right? Because, you know, Landell would still be undersized at the five, and you need somebody who can be accountable for the Phoenix Suns at the five, right? But I think that, you know, with Cam Johnson being out, there is some opportunity for the Phoenix Suns to go ahead and play some play DA at the four, right? Like have, have busy run that five. And I think that what that'll ultimately do is open up a little bit more, you know, cause, cause, cause what does Devin Booker or I'm sorry, uh, Deandre Ayton like to do? Well, he likes to hang out beyond the arc. Uh, he likes to hit the midi, you know, he, he's comfortable not attacking the rim. So if he's not attacking the rim, this isn't a Carl Anthony town situation. He has lateral quickness. He has the ability to, to slip screens and he could, he can hold his own against the fours in this league defensively, in my personal opinion, so yeah, why not run this out there for some minutes at a time? I think it's a good observation. It's a, it's something that Monty Williams should explore. One thing that he explored tonight was uh, putting both Jock Landell and Dario Saric out there at the same time. It's like the same concept we we're just talking about based on Blaze Megatron's uh, observation, but doing it with like the the two white guy front court, which I don't know if any other team has has done this in the league at all this year is having two white guys play in the front court. But I mean there's just so many fouls, so little time between them two. Jock Landell averaged if you did the per 36, he had like five fouls in seven minutes tonight. 25.7 25.7 fouls per minute or fouls per 36 in this game. The idea was there. It's just you got to pivot it just a little, Monty, just a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. They did this before, and I kind of liked it because it's just like you have to deal with a lot. If you're the opponent, it's a lot down there between those two, trying to battle for the ball. <laughs> like, it's nonstop. So, you know what I mean? Like, when you have DA in there, he gives up. You know, I'm not saying he gives up, but, like, if he's if the ball is not in his reach, he's not going to try for it. Right. But these guys try for everything. Like they'll, yeah. they have hands coming up. They have like basically arms and hands coming out of their ass trying to grab the ball. Like it's insane <laughs> little tornado going on down there. So it's a lot. It tires these guys out. I want to see more of it. I like it. I feel like, you know what? At times it can look messy, but I just feel like I trust those guys down there. And I just feel like the more and more they kind of work together, they can, they can kind of figure things out in a big game. Like tonight, where it's just like, you know, you're down or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, but like, no. you know, the Suns will have their blowout games where you can experiment with them more. So in those instances, yeah, I want to see it. 
Uh, hey dot zero. Why don't we pick up Dwight Howard or Hassan Whiteside? <laughs> yeah. Well, Dwight Howard is on his way to Taiwan. He just got signed by a Taiwanese team. And again, I don't think our big issue is the five. It's the four, right, Matthew? No, it's, it's not. We need the yeah. four. You know, I mean, we already have Jock Landell. We already have uh, DeAndre Aiden, Bismack Biombo, and Dario Saric, all capable of playing the five. I don't think we need to go out and find a good five. I think we need to be, as, as Blaze Megatron pointed out, we need to be a little bit more creative, perhaps, in how we execute the four by maybe having DA play some four minutes or putting Jock out there with DA. You know, and, and that's what Blaze said, but, you know, let Jock be the four and DA play the five and kind of have this positionless basketball. I don't think we need to go out and find another center. No, I mean, I, I think that uh, what I'm looking for is just a guy, whether it's a power forward, whether it's a backup guard, somebody that comes out and they can just score. And we can count on them for scoring. That's what I want. I mean, the ultimate prize is Kevin Durant. The other guy is like Shea Gildress. But you know what I mean? Like there's guys below that, that the Suns can get that can just be automatic scoring, whether it's power forward. I mean, of course, we need power forward now, but like before, I was just like, just somebody that can fucking score the ball. Well, that's all we need. Again, we don't need somebody who's going to pour in 25 points a game. We just need somebody, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, g- g- give me some rebounds, you know, because you saw yeah. tonight us, the, the Phoenix Suns got absolutely pounded on the glass, which sounds inappropriate, uh, but I'll allow it. Uh, you take a look <laughs> at the total rebounds. The Philadelphia 76ers had 48, which was their season high. The Phoenix Suns only had 37. And of those 48, <laughs> it was 15 for the Philadelphia 76ers. And if you look at their overall second chance points, they had 16. The Phoenix Suns had five. So having inconsistencies at the four, knowing that on games like tonight, like DeAndre has got hands full with Joel Embiid, you need team rebounding. That's what built that lead early in the, in the first half of the Phoenix Suns that they ultimately couldn't come back from was the fact that it was one and done every time down the court, every time, if they missed a shot, which they were missing, you know, you take a look at the first quarter uh, they shot, or, or was it the second quarter? Second quarter, they were nine of 20 from the field. First quarter, they were eight of 19. You know, so the first half, they shot 43%. Uh, the Sixers shot 41%, but they also had all those extra rebounds, and they and they had 11 second-chance points to the Suns' five. All those second-chance points to the Suns came in that first half. Yeah, it's a thing. It's going to be a thing. So, th- I mean, something has to happen soon. Like soon, soon, I think. But you know what? I feel like the way things are, it's like we'll go like 50 50 or we'll go 50% really on wins the rest of the till all star break till the trade deadline, right? Could 49 and 33 be in play, Matthew? Now it is. Would you? (laughs) It wasn't looking like it. So we had these injuries. So yeah, well, you know, I know you, you always worry about the injuries. So here you go. You got them. Woo! (laughs) Here comes the pain. say that 27 minutes 6 of 14 14 points for Cameron Payne five assists uh he's really been playing very well this year and I'm glad to eat a little crow talking about him knowing that the Phoenix Suns are going to need him to step up uh had a, a, a stellar game again his quickness is back you know this is the Phoenix Suns definitely missed him while he was injured you know I think they went what two and one in his with his in his absence uh but I mean he He's looking great. He's hitting three quarter shots, you know, prior to halftime that don't count. I mean, he's looking good. They didn't show it. I hate it when the camera. I know the whole the whole camera. Even if the buzzer beater goes off, they usually follow it. They need to always follow it every time because you never know. Those are my favorite parts of the game. They didn't show it, (laughs) and you hear the whole crowd just go, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah, no. I'm like, come on, show it. You got to have an angle there, right? No, they don't. Yeah. 
But I think that that Cameron Payne, you know, again, the Suns are going to lean into him now based on Chris Paul. But if Chris Paul is healthy, let's say that scenario that, you know, best case scenario, he comes back healthy. Is is Cameron Payne and Damian Lee a proper backup court or, or, you know, versus having Landry Shamit? Because I'm sorry, man. Landry ain't it, dude. I don't know. I love I love Landry. I do. What do you have tonight? Why? Let me see. Did he have zero points? All right, yeah. so for three. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I do like him a lot. Um, so he's actually tenth in scoring off the bench in the league. Like I'm just saying, like I feel like he's building himself up. He's gonna still have these games that look bad, but he's just doing a lot more. And the shots he's taking look really good. I really think the shots he's taking there, he's taking them right away, which is awesome. That some of them were in and out. He even had like the, the fast break three that was totally in and out. So like mm-hmm. he has these games where it doesn't look good in the box score at all. Like tonight was the worst, obviously, because there's nothing there. Yeah, but zero. but he's I swear he has something there. There's something there that's good. I mean, he's he's a guy that's gonna play really good defense too. But if you're talking about a backup a six man, or if you're gonna talk about like the six man guy, no, well, it's not there. But when when we need him with these injuries and stuff, I think he can fill the void. I just don't I see something there. I just see it. All right. And it's not really what showing the up in the past it? two games. It's it's coming, man. Like he's had a few really good games this year. We earlier in the season, we loved him, man. He's just had two back to back pretty bad games. And but something is there with his offense, man. His shot looks really fucking good. And I just think he's playing really well. He looks like an actual NBA player this year, man. So here's here's my here's my counterpoint to Landry Shamit. You ready for this? Landry Shamit's only good when the Suns are up. Mm. Right? Like he don't he doesn't hit any huge threes when the Suns are down and, and maybe he has and I'm just he has not remembering year. him. Yeah. But like why can't we have a guy coming off the bench like like the 76ers have in that that uh what, what's his name? Gorgie Yang. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, why can't we have that guy? Now I get it. It was like a career night for the guy. He went seven for 11 from the field, seven of 10 from deep, 21 points. I mean, every time the guy shot, it went in. But like, why can't we just have like, can I have like, uh, can I see that from Landry one game? Can I just see one where it's just like he gets goes in fuego? Because when I look at it and I go, D. Lee or Landry Shamit. D. Lee plays with a tenacity, a championship tenacity. He gets under the opposition's skin. He can hit some threes. I feel like he hits very timely threes. Obviously, he's hit a butter buzzer beater yeah. already this season. He does these little things that 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 fortify my my affection for him, that make me want to root for him. That when he's on the court, I go, you know what? He's affecting this game in a positive manner. Landry Shaman, I get it. Like he he's got he's got something there. He's building up to something, but like, let's just fucking see it already. You know, it's like, let's just go ahead and see it. Yeah, well, we had a few games, and Lee was awesome first game, and he kind of fell off, I feel like, for like seven or eight games. Like, he was kind of nowhere at all. Plus, like, some games he didn't even play. And then he hits these big, like, every time he shoots the ball tonight, every time he did, I was like, oh, that's going to go in, because it's a big time, we need it. So he is that guy for sure. It's just like, Landry Shamit, though, is like almost seven points a game off the bench. And then you have Cameron Payne, almost nine. Jock Lindell, nine. Like, so our bench, we're, that's, that's three of the top ten right now in the NBA off the bench. The bench is fucking killer. So I just think that I mean but you like asked now, the guy to go off. But now the but bench isn't necessarily going to be killer because we're going to lose not gonna a member be the of them. Because it's not really the bench anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, Jock will be starting for point guard next game. I, well, I, I think crazy. what it is is like I just I low key uh, 
have a crush on my friend. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Like he 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 gets under guy's skin. Like he'll push somebody or like, you know, he kind of, he they, they gave him the flagrant foul tonight, which I don't know if it's a flagrant foul. And Eddie Johnson's like, if that's a flagrant foul, I don't know. He's like, that's the softest and foul that I ever had. And then it ended up being a flagrant foul. But you see it like, he'll, he'll like, he'll like punch, he's the kind of guy who like punch a guy and then like throw his hands up and like, I didn't hit him. And he walks up, he's like, it's no big deal, dude. It's no big deal. And like, he, he's done it like three or four times a season. And it's just, again, I, his presence is known. And Landry Sham, it disappears. And then just like bricks, open shots. And so, so you, you were, you're reading off Landry stats. So I assume you have him in front of you, right? I just have the top 10 okay. leaders and points. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So do you have his shooting percentages on the year? No, I don't. They're pretty well, bad or what? I don't know. That's yeah. I mean, if you had the information in front of you, I was just going to be like, Hey, no, 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 I don't have it, but I don't think it's that bad, dude. I really think he's been pretty, he was like shooting going into the last game. He was like 40 plus percent from three. I swear. All right. So this year he's 37% from three, not including tonight. Uh, yeah. 6.7 points a game. 16 minutes a game, 38% from the field. Mm. I just think he yeah. plays good minutes. I just think it's average and minutes. Lee is awesome. Lee is awesome. Um, I mean, he had that stretch in the third quarter where it was just like the defense, the drawing the fouls, hitting the big three, um, another big three in the fourth. So it's like he does that. It's just, it's yeah. not as consistent. And Shami, mean, I don't know if he hits like big threes or not, but I feel like he's just. I'm going to start tracking. I'm going to start tracking. When does he hit his threes? Are the Suns up or down? And I'm literally going to have a track. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, wow. Well, he, was, he was he was three of six tonight. Uh, the Suns were up by 18 the whole time. Well, I mean, if they're up and he extends the lead for the for the for the of course starters, that's, that's that's valued awesome. that's valued. Yeah, but like still counts. I, I want to see. I want to have him hit a couple of those threes when we're down because we need that. We're gonna need that. We're gonna be down in games now, man. Like, get used to it. Now, granted, like the one time the Phoenix Suns blow somebody out, one hundred two to eighty two, you and Suns get got to do the pod. So I wasn't here to talk about a blowout, but my last two games have been the Suns losing pretty handily. And I feel like I've I've watched some bad Suns basketball and some bad offensive basketball. I mean, they scored eighty eight points tonight. It's, you know, do you think so? With the trade deadline only a month away, do you think no, this no, no, team no. kind of knows? The trade deadline is not a month away. Is the trade deadline's in, it's in February? Oh, my bad. Yeah, the oh, 15th, so 15th is when a is bunch of people are, are available for trade, and that's when okay. we can see potential. <laughs> Never mind. Whew. All right, I'm just trying to think of what's going on in these guys' heads, but who knows? Who knows what's going on inside their head? And you know what? Who knows what is going on inside the heads of Philly fans? On this edition of the Stub Subreddit Stakeout, the Suns Jam Session Subreddit Stakeout. So there I was hanging out on the Philly subreddit, the Sixers, our Sixers. And I'll tell you, it's an interesting place to be these days. You got to understand the mindset of a Philly fan right now, Matthew. They're a team or a city that has an 8-0 football team. They're a city that just lost in the World Series. So fuck the Sixers, right? They don't really care about the Sixers. But they did have some inter interesting observations that I'd like to, to, to share right now on this edition of the Suns subreddit stakeout. All right. First thing that we had uh, looking through their subreddit, uh, scrolling down. All right. Th th this is before the game even kicked off and this is just funny okay <laughs> this one cat says burnt my dick in a sauna so pretty frustrated <laughs> recently but if we pull out a w tonight i will peak so hard the entire city of philadelphia will fill it oh my god dude 
That's Say great. what, dude? Burn his yeah, dick in a, I, how do you burn your dick in a sauna? The coals, I guess, if they're just doing it with uh without a towel or anything, they're just yeah, butt like, naked in there. Are you like are you teabagging a, a what the heck? Maybe some know. maybe some old fat guys came in. He tried to get out of there quickly and just he tripped on his dick. <laughs> like, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh another member of the Phillies subreddit, Phillies, the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> subreddit said uh Thibel is an insanely bad player. I'd rather have him bead guarding Booker than that foul machine. Isn't it crazy I mean, how far to Matisse Thibel has fallen off in the eyes of not only the Philly fans, but the fans of the NBA? Like he is like a defense, a, 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 a straight up defense only guy. And now he's even, they, they think he doesn't play good defense. Yeah, that's crazy because uh, he was huge. The bubble happened. He got big off of that. Yep. And then ever since then, man, he has not been. I love Thibel. Rookie season, he was amazing. And I was like, oh, this guy, like, what a steal. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't steal anything, man. Well, and think about, like, you know, if, if, if you take a look, essentially, at what his contract is, you know, he's somebody who didn't get a qualifying offer either this year. You know, Cameron Johnson, obviously, didn't get the qualifying offer, but – a lot of people are like, oh, hey, Matisse Steibel. But you take a look at kind of his statistics, and thus far this year, he's 1.7 points. Uh, he's got 1.2 personal fouls. He plays 10 minutes a game. Like, they just don't use him anymore. Remember when he used to, like, lock up Book? Yeah, Blaze Megatron mentions, mentions it in the chat. Steibel locked up Booker a few times. Like, what happened to that guy, man? He fell off. Yeah, I feel like that was more a Book, though, getting hung up in the lane a few times, right? He Perhaps. kept doing that a few times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He and he and he <laughs> run himself into dead ends. Next up, somebody said, uh, bring Mikhail home. Obviously, Mikhail Bridges, drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers originally, played a Villanova from Philadelphia. And then they said, Fun fact, my iPhone attempted to autocorrect Mikhail to animal. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then somebody uh, also said. Tobias taking Bridges to the weight room. He had a couple times in this game, man. He straight up backed down Mikhail Bridges and made him look silly. Yeah, he was kind of a few times there, and he was uh, – I was like, dude, is he going to be unstoppable? They even showed the stat line. I'm like, oh, no, we're showing his stat line? Uh-oh. That's not good compared with Embiid. You know when they show, like, the two stars of the game? You yes. don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that, man. Yeah, when Tobias Harris starts lighting you up. Uh, and then the last thing I have is somebody asked what happened to Chris Paul and somebody responded, he became washed once he turned 37 years old. The sun's jam session subreddit stakeout. He became washed once he turned. He's not washed. He's not he's washed, man. He, awesome, he's just he's just clean. <laughs> he was player of the week last week. Twelve points, nine rebounds, two steals, five I gave it rebounds. To, I actually gave it to Mikhail Bridges last week in, in my believe- center of the sun for bright side. He I had such that, a good week last week. Well, maybe I should have. Maybe well, I he only had what did he have? Like the last game he played was only twenty four um, minutes. That's why I kind of he only had like the five or four assists last game. Chris Paul, yeah. so. He was still averaging 11 assists, dude. What else you got from this game, Matthew? Um, you know what? Let me look through my notes. See what's going on, dude. I I think that's about it. You know the the Embiid thing, like do you notice that he does get hurt or not hurt, but he gets tired usually like really early? Like he exudes all his energy early on and in the third quarter he kind of takes off and the fourth quarter he comes back. Yeah, oh, like, 100%. Do you notice that? 
Yeah, he's I feel done like I that see his it whole time. career. Okay, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. It's interesting um, because they mentioned he missed the, missed the last three games with a non-COVID illness, but he had a virus, so it's something that zapped him. So you knew he was going to be zapped, and they were going to have to play him in spurts. And I just I, I wish the Suns would have been a little bit more aggressive on him and made him work a little bit harder because he was willing to be gassed. And and I've noticed that kind of his whole his whole career, right? Like Joel Embiid, somebody he's like Devin Booker. Devin Booker likes to come out and get hot early. But the difference is Devin Booker can sustain it. And then uh Joel Embiid, like you said, typically has to take like a quarter, quarter and a half off. The difference is is Joel Embiid is so goddamn dominant. He's so goddamn unstoppable. And then he gets every freaking call because he's he's kind of like a shack. Right. Like he's somebody who's just because of his sheer size, you don't know how to necessarily call each foul that occurs on him because people mm-hmm. just bounce off of him, you know, because he's seven foot, probably seven two, two eighty, you know. But like this year, he's averaging uh, 8.7 free throws a game, but 11.8 last year, 10.7 the year before that. On his career, he averages 9.6 free throws a game. I mean, he's just, he, that right there is going to give you an extra potentially like seven points a game on top of what you're doing. He's just, the, the guy's just a beast, man. Yeah. I mean, he is, he's unstoppable. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, never mind. he is kind of a bitch though. I, right? I don't what what well, do you think about him tripping Damian Lee? Remember that play? Yeah, I saw that. He Players straight up tripped him, dude. I know, yeah, but, but this was like blatant though, man. Like I see it in football every now and then. <laughs> it reminds me of like a Chris Paul move. <laughs> Yeah, but Chris Paul's little legs couldn't reach out that far. Like Joel Embiid <laughs> well, came down, could. and it's like he hit the low. He he pressed like was it down low kick in Mortal Kombat? He did like the side swipe or the, or the leg sweep yeah. almost on Damian Lee. Damian Lee's just like, dude, review that shit. And that's what it, so it's funny in the subreddit stakeout. You know, a couple things that they constantly. I'll, I'll I'll give the Sixers fans credits, man, or credit. Not a lot of shit talking. Not a lot of Suns shit talking. A little bit about Booker whining about fouls in the third quarter. But then you had like other members of the Sixers being like, hey, man, like we got Harden and Embiid. We can't be talking shit. Like when you go to like Warriors subreddit or Lakers subreddit or any Western Conference team that we say with regularity, obviously there's going to be more tension there and there's more of a history. Uh, But the level of shit talking is elevated relative to their hate for the Suns. The Sixers fans in their subreddit, for the most part, were dogging on their own team the entire time. They're hating on they're hating on uh, uh, Matisse Thibel. They were hating on or they were loving what they were getting from Toby Toby Harris T- Tobias Harris. They were loving what they were seeing obviously from him tonight. But not a lot of sun slander. I mean, I, I picked out like four or five things. That's all I could find with them. And when and when Joel Embiid did the the tripping of Damian Lee, they were like, "Come on, man! Like, great, that's going to be on Sports Center." Like they were, all they did was talk shit about Joel. It's like, "Come on, man! You're better than that. Like, don't be doing that petty shit." Like I was just like, like like I tip my hat to to Sixers fans. You know, I tip my hat to that team because it's a team I think both you and I have said in the past. Like, if I was to have a favorite Eastern Conference team, they're like top two or three, without a doubt. They're a team that struggled alongside the Phoenix Suns for a very long time. They had the process. We had the timeline. Okay, we've been to a finals. They haven't. But I liked a lot of the things that they did in the past. I hate the fact that they have James Harden. Uh, I like their jerseys. I like their colors. I don't know why it says Phila and like, where's the Delphia? Flip, 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 Delphia. Like, I don't know. I'm your Delphia. Yeah, I'm your Delphia. Like, I don't know where that is. But at the same time, like, it's a team that I don't personally have a lot of beef with. And it was nice hanging out the subreddits uh, tonight and not them not seeing a, a bunch of hate for us, I guess. Well, it's because they expect championship. I feel like they're kind of like us now, where we're just like, if these players aren't working out, we're going to kind of dog on them, I feel like, more than we do the other team. That's what I do, mostly. Yeah, me it's too. Because we know what to expect now in the playoffs. We know how to compare this team to what they should be in the future, in a way. So if we're not seeing that, 
then we're going to be upset. And there's certain players, and they've had players on there like Ty, like Tybal and Harris for mm-hmm. a while. I know they've been unhappy with those guys. So that yeah. must be frustrating because I feel like when the Suns are kind of like done with the player where he's not contributing, they kind of moved past him in the last three years. So except for Shamit, Shamit this year is doing a little bit better, but we never have those guys that have been on this team for years and we fucking hate. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, this guy sucks. Every every guy Corey Craig for, still present. Still yeah, present but, Craig, but Craig's been playing good though. He has. He has, he has. He has this year, yeah. Well, next up for the Phoenix Suns, Wednesday, they travel to Minneapolis and they're going to go ahead and they're going to take on the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves round two. Uh, John Doe, thank you for letting us know in the chat. He says, Dwayne Rankin states, Chris Paul said he could have played. Uh, he would have, but he but doesn't see the sore right heel as a pronged thing. When asked if it's just a matter of being, preca- or being cautious, Paul said, yep. So that's good All news. Right. So what a waste of a pot, huh? About 30 yeah. minutes of the pot. <laughs> well, but no, it's it's something that we have to start thinking about because Chris Paul's True. 37. He's at the back end of his career, and every little injury is like an oh shit moment. And again, I think power forward is where the Phoenix Suns really need to focus a lot of their energy. I think we have guard play. Uh, we need to have some consistent scoring from the four. Yeah. But yeah. but but taking a look at the the game that's upcoming against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. This is a team that just last week the Phoenix Suns played. Uh, they beat them pretty handily. Uh, I don't remember what the final score was, but I, you know, that was the game. Obviously, that one sixteen one oh seven. There you go. That and, and that's the game that Cameron Johnson went off for twenty nine <laughs> points. He went crazy. He looked. He took advantage of Carl Anthony Towns because Carl Anthony Towns couldn't slip a screen and cover the the three point line, and now he's gone because that's what he does. Uh, just like Jenny Gump, he he, and just like that, he was gone. So what are you looking for in this game? The Twin Towers, are can they be effective knowing that we don't have somebody who can take advantage of Carlton Towns on the offensive end now? Oh, man. Man, the Twin Towers. Oh, dude. You know, these tall guys that don't – I don't – so I had to see if they, what their schedule or what their record is since playing the Suns. All I keep hearing is the slander of the team. I know a lot of them – aren't very happy playing with each other right now already. Edwards is kind of Did like, you see yeah, Edwards like, taking he had plays off in the last yeah, game. I heard, no, I didn't see it, but I heard it's all, about it's it. all over Twitter. He's literally just, he just stands there and it, like, he watches the ball. He's standing on the three point line, like the three quarter point line. Yeah. Balls being passed around. He's literally just standing there. It's Who's like some Kevin love is? shit. Who do, who do you think? Who do you think he doesn't like? Is it Gobert again? Is Gobert the reason? It's probably Cat, man. I mean, if you be, right? if you play next to that big baby, wouldn't you? I mean, we literally spent like thirty minutes dogging Cat yeah. after that podcast. So why wouldn't he? Probably Anthony Everett's probably watched our podcast because that's what he does. And he, when he was here watching, he probably gave us a like. So if you're here watching, you might as well be like Anthony Edwards, right? Give us a like. And he probably was just like, "You're right, dude. Like all this guy does is try to clog up the lane for me." Rudy Gobert's down there now. He's taking three pointers out of my hands. He's shitty on defense, and he's a big fucking baby. And he and he starts doing like weird gestures in the first quarter of games, and then like by the end of the game, he's crying. Yeah, the thing is, I never expected that from Edwards. I always thought Edwards would be a guy to play through anything, and he was a guy that's going to be not a role model, but just someone that plays hard. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a guy like a Devin Booker who went through a lot of shit but never really showed us that side. He complained a lot, but he never gave up on plays. True. That's why it was so weird to hear that. So something happened when when it all started with um, Cat saying something at the podium about what he was eating, and then after that, he hasn't dunked right because there's no room to dunk the ball. Um, it's too clogged up there right now. They're losing to the Knicks, so it looks like they're gonna lose that game. And the Knicks are okay, but they have to figure this out quickly. And like we talked about last time, there's gonna probably be a trade. 
And I just want to know who he doesn't like. And if it's Gobert again, it's then I was got, totally It's got to be Towns. It's, it's like you mentioned. It has to be, right? Because well, Gobert just goes to business. He just does his shit, I feel like, down yeah. there. does He does his well, he, stuff on defense. He speaks and, French. Like half yeah. the time, he probably just he's plays probably dumb. A prick, but they're yeah. all pricks. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're all pricks. But after Tiger 25 fortifies in the chat, what you said, he says, Towns called out Ant's diet too. So Too soon. Know. Or is it too so? Oh, I thought he was gonna say too as well. Soon. Yeah, because it was early. It was like the eighth game. It's like you're talking about his diet. But but they're currently they're five and five. Uh, they're they have the eighth seed in the Western Conference. They're currently playing and they're losing to the New York Knicks. Uh, they're down one eleven to ninety six as we record this in the fourth quarter. So they're potentially going to be five and six entering their game against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, in my piece, my center of the sun piece for Brightside, I actually called a win tonight and a loss on uh on wednesday like i could see us beating this team again i really can you know i think that again it's going to come from production from the four so monty williams has got to get creative in how he he draws car anthony towns away from that basket uh do some of those high screens and then you know ultimately make him pay for it and they did that with cameron johnson last time anthony edwards played amazing defense on devin booker did his best to take him out of the game they threw a lot of doubles they took advantage of it you got to have the ability to take advantage of it and the phoenix suns right now it's like the offensive firepower wasn't there tonight. Hopefully it is there on Wednesday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I think Cat is kind of dumb when it comes to like his IQ for basketball. So that probably drives yes. him nuts a little bit. Um, but also I think um the way just to handle this man is just if DA plays with some force, he can cancel out those two because those two can you can you can always play off Gobert, I feel like Aiden can always do that. Gobert, he can play him off the court. Cat, you can just play him off from effort. So if there's effort from DA tomorrow night, I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be difficult, but I feel like it'd be an easier win for the Suns. I don't, just don't, I don't go worry out about and get foul two. trouble, man. Don't do it. DA Say and no foul drugs. trouble. That's the yeah. one thing. That's the one thing. Say no to drugs. You know what dare stands for? Remember? Oh, yeah. it's, um, yeah, I know what it stands for. Well, what does it actually really stand for? Drugs are really expensive. <laughs> or drug abuse and resistance education. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, if you are one of our American listeners tomorrow, go vote. That's your right as are an you American. Voting? Of course, I vote every time. Oh, I never vote. Yeah, I know. It's because of you idiots like you. Listen, <laughs> listen. Yeah, I always forget, though. Yeah, well, how can you forget? There's, I get text I don't messages from every fucking I know, Carrie like, Lake local. Yeah, Carrie Lake's like, what are you doing tonight, man? You want to hang she's, out? She's super hot, though. I'm sorry. Carrie uh, Lake's fucking bomb. I watched bomb I watched show. I watched <laughs> I watched her on Fox Ten News. And like I'll watch Channel Ten uh because mm-hmm. their news comes on at nine uh PM instead of ten. And like I watched yeah. her for years and I was just like, grow your hair out. Um you know, go and vote. You know, like I personally yeah. it's you know, obviously uh go Friday, vote. Friday is Veterans Day. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to hit that pod by the way, because it's an early game against the Magic. So okay, I'm off that to- day. Nice. So you, we might need to get a replacement because we have some stuff going on at work and I won't keep getting out of work until like right when the pod goes live. So cool. if, I am, if I am part of that pod, fun. I'll just ask Let's you a just lot of stop questions. Doing the pod. Yeah, fuck it. Who needs to do it anymore? You know? No, I'm going to stop Denneville. Carrie Lake is not fugly, dude. She's for her age. What is she like? 80 years old? <laughs> God, you're horrible, man. <laughs> so everybody just go out and vote, man. Exercise your right. Yeah. That's, you know, like I'm a veteran, right? Like I serve this country. So and, and I believe in our democracy, and that's what makes it beautiful is the fact that you you do have a voice. You have more than just a voice than than uh, on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So, uh, and like what Cody says, vote early and avoid the shit. I always vote in the morning because mm-hmm. uh, to avoid the shit, right? So uh, proud of everybody who went and vote. All right. That being said, 
That's another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. If it happens to be on YouTube, give it, you can vote too. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. Leave yeah, us a five-star subscribe. review. We'll read it. We're so close to 2,500 subscribers on YouTube. So that'd Let's be get really to 3,000 cool. in a week. I'd love just to get to 3,000. That'd be really cool. Yeah, just, just right so now. many of you, just, just subscribe. You don't have to hit the bell notification. You can, but you know when we're going live, right after every Suns game. So mm-hmm. until then... We'll see you Wednesday. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Matthew, listen. Follow the show at Suns Jam. You can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. Everybody, we will see you on Wednesday. Go rock the vote. Yeah, go home and vote your family. <laughs>